August 31st, 2021. We're in Masechet Sanhedrin and Davkof Daled Amudbet. And if you count from the top of the page, it's 18 lines down, two words before the end of the line. The Gemara has been and will be in the context of making Terashot on those Pesukim from the beginning of Megillat Echa. So the Pasuk at the very onset says, Bachot Tifke Balayla. The Pasuk has a a double language with regards to crying, and then it says during the nighttime. Again, we're talking about we're talking about the um, loneliness of Yerushalayim and the sorry state of affairs. Then the Pasuk again says a double wording with regards to the crying of and over Yerushalayim. Says the Gemara, why are there two cries? It's a very famous Gemara. Why two cries for, well, what we understand is not only the destruction of Yerushalayim, but the destruction of the Mikdash as well. Amar Amar Ehad al-Mikdash Rishon ve'ehad al-Mikdash Sheni. One of those cries is for the destruction of the first Mikdash, and the second is for the second Mikdash. This is a prophecy, this is a description of not only one calamity and terrible time, but two, uh, we didn't just have one destruction of the temple, but two. It says the Gemara, but the Pasuk continues and it says, Balayla, you're crying over the two Bate Mikdash, during the nighttime or in the context and vision of nighttime? In what way? Explains the Gemara several interpretations. First and foremost, it's on matters that were dealt with at night. What does that mean? The destruction of the Mikdash is in some way related to matters that had to do with night. Right, the Pasuk says in the context of the Heta Miragelim, as the spies and scouts return back with the terrible news, the nation raises their voices, this is the nation of Israel, and they cry throughout that night. Well, that night, the Pasuk doesn't say uh, during the night, Balayla, it says Balayla Hahu, so throughout that night. That extra word, Hahu, uh, provokes the uh, minds of the Hachamim. They notice that word and they say it means there's something particular to that night. And what is it? Amar Abba, Amar Biohanan, Oto, Halayla, Lel Tisha Be'av Haya, Amar Lahin HaKadosh Baruch Hu L'Israel, Atem Bechitem Bechia Shel Chinam, Vani Ekba' Lachem, God turns to them and says, you tonight, that's upon the return of the spies, have been crying, crying for no reason. It's not that there's no reason to cry when you get bad news, but this wasn't objectively bad news. You have Kalev and Yehoshua telling you that you could conquer the land. You have a lack of uh, trust in me that this will be a successful mission to conquer the land of Canaan. But you're nonetheless crying that Bechiyah Shel Chinam will be uh, paid back in the future on this same night, Leil Tisha Be'av in the future, that you'll be crying for a reason. You'll have a true Bechiyah Ledorot. So it means that the Derashah, Bachot Balayla, that word Balayla, say the Hachamim, is supposed to lead us back to a wrongful and fateful Layla, and that's the night of all taking place at the same time and relating a certain lack of trust and respect to HaKadosh Baruch Hu for the destruction of those Bate Mikdash. But the Gemara has different interpretations to the meaning of that extra word, Balayla, because the Pasuk again could have said, you'll cry over the loss, the desolate nature of Yerushalayim and the Mikdash. Alternatively, means a different interpretation. Balayla, the Derasha, as Rashi says, is really borrowing from a Gemara Masechet Yoma. The Gemara over there is talking scientifically. We've 
need not say it in a scientific fashion, but have you ever noticed how if you call across the street to someone at night, it's easier to hear or you're easily heard, more easily heard than when you do it during the daytime. Of course, we could maybe talk about it scientifically. The hachamim have their particular way of describing it, but we could talk about it practically as well. There's less people out at night. There's less commotion as a result sound travels a lot easier, there's less to intercept it and interrupt it. As a result, the statement here in the Gemara is at the night, even during the night, your cries will be heard as if, and even when it is a nighttime cry, meaning it's very loud, it's very perceivable, and nonetheless, nobody's there to help you. So it's a terrible state of affairs. You'll have cries like at night, but nobody will be there to at your aid. Davar acher, alternatively, a little bit in the opposite direction. Balayla shekola bocher balayla kochavimu mazalot bochin imo. It's a it's a silent and subtle uh, encouragement. If you're crying at night and you and your cry over the destruction, it'll be similar. It'll be akin to a cry at night. You have kochavim and mazalot. You have the stars and galaxies and constellations which are in some way aligned in your favor. So it doesn't mean, per se, the nighttime cry where you're abandoned, but rather the nighttime, there's a subtle and uh, imperceivable, difficult to make out aid and, and assistance during this time. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the Navi and Echa, so to speak, um, hinting to us, your cries won't be altogether ignored. Davar Acher, lastly, says the Gemara, Balayla, Shekola Boche Balayla, HaShomea Kolo Boche Kenegdo. The, the last interpretation is when you cry at night and the pasuk is suggesting do this at night because if you do this at night others will join in when we hear people crying at night number one i imagine it's easier to hear as we said number two we have a a, a more vulnerable state of emotional affairs at night generally speaking people are a little bit more tired at night. If you hear someone else crying, if you hear a, a, a sad story at night, it's easier and you're more quick to become a part of it, to be crying together with it. The cry during the night that Navi then is describing is one which will gain steam and others will join in. The Gemara tells a quick story along those lines of crying at night, having that capability of including others in a difficult state of crying and sadness. It happened that there was a woman who was the neighbor of Rabban Gamliel. Shemet bena, her son had died. Vahayata bocha alav balayla, and she was crying over her deceased son at night. Shama Rabban Gamliel. Rabban Gamliel hears her crying. Kola, her 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 calls, her her voice. Ubacha kenegdan. He too cries parallel to her cries. Ad until shenasheru rise enav until his eyelashes fell off. He cried so much, his eyelashes began to fall off. And says the Gemara, Le Mahara, the next day, after crying so much, after his eyelashes are damaged and fell off, he kirubo talmidav, his students see, oh, Rabbi, uh, what have you been uh, disturbed by? What's keeping you up at night? And they understand it's this woman. Yes, it's important to be a part of someone else's sorrow. Absolutely, we want to join in in the pain of others to aid and assist them. But ultimately speaking, their rabbi is being tortured over this. And I guess it means they transplanted her elsewhere. Literally, it means they moved him out of, uh, moved, moved her out of his neighborhood, out of being his neighbor. Uh, so that's the description of the Gemara. Four separate descriptions and suggestions too why it's but then the Pasuk says and her tear the tears of Jerusalem 
I think peshat lechem means your temple, means the side of your side of your cheek. So it means like the tears are on the side over there. Alternatively, and maybe along the same lines, the word lah means something that's moist. So the description over here is going to be one in which there's something that's ripe and young and recent with regards to these cries. Well, what are you talking about? I mean, we have instruction, Mikdash, for a long time. The cries over Jerusalem, the cries of Jerusalem, are like the cries of a woman who lost her husband of her youth. So the, the ripe and, and youthful uh, nature is one in which we're describing it being harrowing, difficult. It's a, it's, it has an, an added dimension of sorrow. As the Pasuk says in Yoel, Eli kibtula hagurat sak al ba'al ne'ureha. We talk about a ba'al ne'ureha. Ba'al ne'ureha, the husband of her youth, it's more painful. It taps into a time of less stability and vulnerability. Continues the Gemara, and it makes a derasha on a few pesukim later there in, in Migilat Echa. Again, that's what we're doing, going through many of the beginning pesukim. So we did pasuk Aleph, pasuk Bet, pasuk He now, Hayu Sareha Lerosh. The pasuk says that the Sareha, Sar, Sar Ve'oyev is the Haman. Sar is a person who's an enemy. Sar, of course, means to narrow. If I narrow your space, I'm terrorizing you. So the pasuk describes how those who were the enemies, are the enemies of Yerushalayim, of Am Yisrael, are Lerosh. They're now at the top. So it's a description, more than anything, of what had taken place. You see, the enemies of Jerusalem, of Am Yisrael, they've now risen to the top. But the Hachamim understand this as futuristic as well. You should know, says the Gemara. Amar Ava, Amar B'Yohanan, Kol HaMesar Yisrael, any person. Not only then, but in the future, in any juncture, at any juncture in history, any enemy of Am Yisrael, Na'asarosh, is established, will become the top. Now there's a certain uh, silver lining over here, that if Am Yisrael is going to fall, at least we don't fall to the lowlifes. At least we fall to the people who appear to be the prominent and high-ranking officials. If we fell to the lowlifes, to the people who bin Yom, bin, bin Laila, they destroy us and then they get knocked out tomorrow, it would look a little bit worse for us. So certain honor and dignity is maintained during the times that our enemies are really knocking us out. Shene Emar, and the Gemara cites along these lines of Pasu, over here, those are the most important words. We'll read the interpretation to those in a second, but the Gemara cites the whole Pasuk. Says the Gemara over here, those first words, again, um, those first words in the Pasuk, the Derasha is that that word Mu'af is Milashon Ayef, tired. Musak milashon lehasik. Lehasik means to give sorrow, uh, to be an enemy. Amarava marbi Yohanan kolam mesik li Israel. Any person who gives sorrows, who's an enemy to Israel, eno ayef. He's not muaf, meaning he doesn't become tired, doesn't lose his strength and energy, doesn't get knocked out tomorrow. I mean, uh, as recent as, uh, well, I guess he fell, but uh, Hitler was the head of the, the top of the world at the, during his time. People look back and say he was a strategist, he was a, he was a person who had strength, who had vision. I was certainly terrible. He certainly did fall very quickly, 
But in terms of uh, terrible and horrible persecution, it wasn't just uh, some uh, nonsensical guy. I mean, it was terrible, nonsensical guy in his own right, but who was persecuting against the Am Yisrael, it was the Rosh. Says the Gemara onward, the Pasuk says, seven Pesukim later, Pasuk Yod Bet, Lo Alechem Kol Ovre Darech. The Pasuk is talking, Kol Ovre Derech. So not upon you, all the passerbys. It's Kivyachol, the uh, prophet, as he's speaking here in Megillat Echa, Yirmiyah. He's turning and he says, this should never come upon you. This is the way we talk today. You want to hear the horrible thing that happened to me yesterday? I'm not actually telling you a story. But this should never be upon you. Says the Gemara, Amarava, Marbi Yohanan, Mikan, Lekublana, Minha Torah. So there's a difficult word over here, hard to translate, but again, Rabbi Yohanan's word is, we learn from the Torah, of course, we're talking about Ketubim, Megillat Echa over here, but okay, it's part of our Torah, Nevim and Ketubim. Kublana, says Rashi, you want to know what Kublana means? Kabal means something that's parallel. You see the idea of parallelism over here. What's parallelism? Says Rashi, when you tell a person about a sorrowful thing, don't think that it's some sort of sorcery or nihosh when you say this shouldn't be upon you. That sounds like, oh, what do you mean? There's an ayin hara, there's some sort of uh, uh, wiggy uh, item that you're introducing over here. Uh, uh, that's what's saying. Is this witchcraft? No, to talk like that is appropriate. You calm the person's nerves. It's not necessary per se. But that's what's taking place over here. The Navi is turning and saying, this should not fall upon you, but let me tell you the story of what happened. Alternatively, Rashi has that the word is, is, a, is a si'aka, is crying out that there's an appropriate nature that you turn to others during times of sorrow and describe and talk about what you're going through. That's what this kublana min Torah is. So the Navi is turning to others and saying, shouldn't be upon you, but could you please listen to what I have to say? There's a certain particular Musa that as well. Says the Gemara, Amarav, Amram, Amarav, the continued derasha of that pasuk again is, Lo Alechem, Lo Alechem, we were talking about just a moment ago, not upon you. But furthermore, the pasuk says, Kol Ovre Derech. What's Ovre Derech? So again, the Peshat in the pasuk is the passerbys, the Navi is talking to them. Instead, the derasha will go like this, Asauni ke Ovre Aldat. Kivyachol, the Navi, is talking to others and saying, you should know, me, my people, Jerusalem, Am Yisrael, we've become like those who are going against the proper path. That, the law. In what way? Well, you should see what's happening to us, what happened to us. We're similar to other times of destruction. What are those? bistom kiti by Sedom in the Torah, it says, al Sedom. By Sedom, the Pasuk says that HaKadosh Baruch Hu destroyed it with Gofrit and Melach, Serefa Kol Arsa. The Pasuk says the land was entirely and utterly burnt out and destroyed. And on the other hand, along the same lines, by Jerusalem it says, Mimmarom Shalach she says he destroyed it. But the Pasuk again says that HaKadosh Baruch Hu sent forth fire. We're no different, it appears, than Sedom, we in Jerusalem. We're considered as Ovredat, Uchtiv, says the Gemara. But now I have a question. Because the Pasuk says, The Pasuk in, in Echa says that the sin of my nation is worse than that of Sedom. But wait a second, 
Sedom was utterly and, 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 and completely destroyed. It was obliterated. Yerushalayim, it may have been desolate. The Mikdash may have been destroyed, but it wasn't desolate. It wasn't burnt. It wasn't a place that became just a remnants of, of uh, I don't know, Gofrit and Melach. Why so? Is it that Kivyachol, God is just looking the other way? He's raising up his face above us and not treating us in the way that we should be treated. Again, on the one hand, we're describing how we're over derech. We're just like Sedom. On the other hand, the Pasuk says we're worse than Sedom. But now we're looking back and we're saying, but Sedom got treated worse. Says Gemara, Amarava, Amar Biohanan, Yerushalayim, Bistom. There was a certain character trait, there was a certain attribute that Jerusalem had that Sedom didn't. On the one hand, the Pasuk says, with regards to Sedom, The Pasuk says, with regards to Sedom, they were Sivat Lechem. They had plenty of bread. They may have not shared it, but they had an abundance of bread. Basuk says in Echa about the women of Jerusalem that the hands of merciful women bishelu yeldehem excuse me they were um, they were what's it called they were cooking their children and feeding one another. So there are two ways of interpreting the punchline here in the Gemara. Again, the build-up and then the punchline. The Gemara has the following question. I don't understand. If we were worse than Sedom, why are we treated lighter than them? One answer, one interpretation to the answer is, well, look at the difference. Sedom, uh, they had an abundance of bread but didn't share it with one another. We, who had so little and were leveled to the terrible state of cannibalism, we were eating our children, but we were sharing our children. It was Yedin Nashim, it was Rahmaniot, the women would gather together and enjoy these meals as one. So there was a certain a- approach of Gemilut Hasadim and Chesed, although we were worse than Sidon, we had a certain Chesed which was above them. Alternatively, Rashi's Lashon Acher is, or Davar Ches Rashi, different interpretation to the Gemara's. It looks better to you what we had than Sidon. Why? Because the land in Sidon wasn't destroyed, but our land was, excuse me, was destroyed and ours was not. That's not the way to see it. Look at what happened to Sidon and what happened to us in the context of food. They had an abundance of food. They may have lost their land. People may have died, but they were eating until the end. They were well nourished. We were cooking the terrible state of our children and eating those. In short, the Gemara in its parallelism and questions between Sedom and Yerushalayim describes there as being one of two diametrically opposing fundamental differences. Baruch Amen Amen.